0: My head jerks, and I wake up coughing and gasping for breath. It's dark again. I'm cold, so cold. I try to move, and then I remember the pain in my legs. My whole body hurts now. Every bone aches. The peace and calm of the cottage, the woman in the rose dress, the little boy, the pastel light and colors from my dream, if it was a dream are faint, but comforting memories. So I try to hold on to them. I try to go back. I try to fall asleep again, hoping I can get back there. But I can't. I try to pull myself up, slowly, gently, ever so slightly, to avoid the pain. When I move, particles of ice and snow bounce off my head and face. I cry. Somebody help me. Please. Tears flow down my cheeks. Hot, wet, salty water dribbles slowly into the corners of my mouth. It's so cold. And I'm afraid in the blackness and the loneliness and the despair and the thoughts of death. I weep. I cry out for help. On and on until finally I exhaust myself. Then... Out of nowhere, I hear a sound. I know that voice. Give me your hand, the voice says. I lift my hand high above my head, grasping for something, anything, but I feel nothing. Yet I reach out, up into the darkness, but still, there's nothing. Don't give up. Albert, is that you? Help me. I stretch even more. Then I feel fingers on mine and a small hand on my hand. And then two small hands reach in and grab my arms and pull me up out of the cave. And suddenly it's morning and springtime and the sun is shining and birds are chirping and I'm standing in a field of tall green grass. How did you find me? I heard you calling out. Come on, let's go. The boy stands for a moment and then turns and runs. Is it Albert? If it is, he's a teenage boy, 13 or 14. I run after him. Where are we going? To the river. Paul's waiting for us, he says. Yes, of course, the river. I stop for a moment and look behind me for the hole in the ground in the snow. It's not there. Albert? It is you. Wait up. The boy stops, turns, and runs back to me. What's the matter? he asks. We have to hurry. Paul's waiting for us. But what about the man trapped in the snow? What happened to him? I ask. Albert blinks his eyes. He tugs on his dungarees to pull them up over his hips. He's dying, he says. Don't worry about him anymore. Come on, let's go. He turns and runs again through the tall green grass. We run as fast as we can, past the old shamrock tree, past the three barking dogs in their kennels, over the crooked ditch, past the two shanties. The yellow sun blazes in the sky. We run and run. I reach forward to touch the boy in front of me, but he moves too fast. I feel the sun on my face, the warmth on my skin, and it feels so good. We run until we reach the river. As we approach, I see another boy kneeling on the ground. When he sees us coming, he waves his hand high in the air. Come quick, he yells. It's almost ready to launch. It's Paul. He's building the raft. He kneels on the ground and wraps a long, twisted rope around an old whiskey barrel underneath its planks of wood which are held together with rusty nails and hinges. He pulls the rope tight and asks me to hold the barrel in place while he ties the rope off with a sailor's knot. The barrels will make it float, Paul says. There, that should do it. Let's push it into the water we bend together close to the ground and push until the raft slides from the grassy riverbank into a shallow cove away from the flowing current of the murky brown water.